Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Marglin. And I'm Chris Marglin. Let's expand the conversation. Well, I'm Chris. And I'm Courtney. Welcome. Chris, Courtney. Pleasure to meet you, Joelle. Um, West is probably deciding no longer. <laughs> She's slinking away. Hey, y'all, what's going on? Oh, you know, not much. We are super excited that you, uh, you're you willing to hang out with us over here on TPQ20 today. Yeah, um, that's me. Yeah, no, this is this is awesome. We, uh, we feel honored. Um, we always like to start out by saying that, you know, we know who you are, uh, but our audience may not. So yeah. if you were to give kind of that elevator pitch of who you are, um, who are you? Um, uh, Joel Leon, born and raised uh, in the Bronx, currently living in Brooklyn, proud, proud girl, dad, um, poet, storyteller, writer, um, rapper, um, dreamer, um, and uh, a people lover. <laughs> people lover. Perfect. I think that's a great elevator pitch right there. Yeah, that's a yeah. perfect introduction. And that kind of <laughs> takes us a little bit into our first uh, question, which is about your passions. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your main passions when it comes to the world of literature? My main passions uh, in the world of literature. It's a really good question. You know, we like to keep it. We like to keep it really, really uh, tiny. Uh, you know, small scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super simple. Super simple answer for that. Um, can I add, okay, so I guess a better question to that question, when we, when, when, when we say um, in the scope of literature and the passion surrounding that, is it like, do you mean like who I love to read? Do you mean like what I like to write? Like what, mm. or did, I what, mean, what makes your heart pound in, the, in this moment uh, mm. when you think of literature in uh, the widest scope? Oh, okay, that's okay, thank you. Okay, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, I love the idea that we get to reimagine ourselves now. You know, I think as a black writer and as a black creative, a lot of the times there was a lack of representation. Um, and granted, I think unfortunately the the published literary space is still very much lacking in in melanin. However, um, I think I'm very encouraged by the the the. Um, I think it, it it serves its purpose in every generation. Like the younger generation is really carrying the torch for literature in that way. But I think there's been such a re-examine, re-examination of like how we get to show up um, um, as authorities of literature, of speech, of writing. Um, so it, that that fuels me, you know, to to, to see people be really brave, um, and it, it encourages me to be braver. I think um, as a writer, as a poet. Um, and especially because now I think, and it's similar to even in the music space and entertainment where I think they're the gatekeepers who might still be present aren't as, um, they, they, they don't control the narrative as much as, as, as they used to, right? Like I can publish something on my own if I want to tomorrow. Right. Um, right? Like it's, it's such a different landscape for, 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 for us as creatives and as writers. So I think that's what really keeps me. I think that's what like makes me feel impassioned about the space. Nice, I like that, um, and I like that you live in several different spaces as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I I was introduced to you through soundtrack to a riot. 
Oh, man, that's awesome. That was sent to me uh, through one of through uh, Chris Butler, one of our staff writers. Oh, that's um, cool, man. That's awesome. It was, it was an amazing. It was an amazing introduction to a a new sound for a spoken word piece. Um, and it was, it, it kind of, I like that kind of reignition of a, of a different passion. Like it's, it's performance, but with, you know, with a chance to really kind of focus and blend the styles that you've had for, for your career. Yeah. I mean, first of all, thank you, man. That that's beautiful. Um, I, um, you know, I, I, I created that piece, um, over the course of what, four nights, I think. In, in in this space, um, like in our apartment in Bed-Stuy. And, um, you know, we, we have like an office which doubles as our guest room back here. And um, Wes, okay. And so um, part of that is uh, like when Wes goes to sleep and Bria, my partner, she's asleep, it was an opportunity for me to kind of sit with some stuff. And, you know, I, I, I had my phone, I had some pieces that, that I had already written that I wanted to kind of put to some music. Um, and, and it just felt right. The opportunity felt right. The timing felt right. So I'm glad that it got to you how it did and you were able to receive it and respond to it. That means a lot to me. Um, yeah, but it was, a, it was an opportunity for me to also look at how, I, how I've been exploring the, the idea of music and, and like hip hop. Um, you know, for, for a very long time, for a lot of people who don't know me, like I, I was a rapper, you know, not like Kendrick Lamar on a cover of magazines rapper, rapper, but you know, I was, you know, I, I was a burgeoning underground MC for, for a decent period of time. And, you know, it's still a person who considers himself a rapper or at least a recovering rapper as well as a But like it, it, the soundtrack to a riot to me was an opportunity to, to play with different soundscapes. Yeah. Um, language, right, and and the performance of language, which is very different than the written word, and like how we can kind of bring the written word to life. That's probably my favorite, um, above all else. Like not just writing the words, but performing the words, because because then that's where the uh, I think that's where the color really comes in. You know, that's where my heart is too. Oh, I just loved it. Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much. So. When you are creating, what is your process? Can you let us in a little bit on what your creative process is and how you prepare yourself? Yeah, yeah. You know, I um, it's I, I used to say for a long time I had like two different brains where like writing raps was very different for me. Like I, I would hear a beat and then I would wait. I, I generally wait. Like a hook will come first and that will kind of give me guidance for what I need to write. Um, if the hook doesn't come, then I go on to the next beat and I keep doing that until something resonates. Um, spoken word pieces, you know, if I'm being honest, the majority of my pieces tend to be stream of conscious. You know, like it's, um, I feel very connected and, and, and tapped into the, to the source. And, you know, I'm definitely not a master of language, but I have a good grasp of like what I'm trying to convey. And I kind of just go with what, what, wherever my, I think my heart is guiding me to, and also where the language cues are taking me. Right. Uh, and so with spoken word pieces, it might, sometimes, man, I'll, I'll just be walking around and like, it could be in the apartment, it could be outside. I mean, not as much because COVID, but, you know, you know, cause safety. Um, but, um, you know, like sometimes a line will just come up in my head, you know, cause I think in poems a lot, which I mean, I feel like you two might, might relate to, right? Like, I'll be thinking of something and it sounds like a poem. It's a thought, but it's a poem. It's a line of something that feels like it has more color than just like a normal thought. 
Um, and then that's kind of where it starts for me. And then I start playing with like, I, I really love alliterations. So, um, you know, a, a rule of thumb for me though, is to try to not, I try not to repeat similar sounds too often um, in a piece. And I don't like repeating words in a piece. Or if there's a word that I've used like two or three pieces ago, I try to avoid it. Um, like I, I want it to not feel like, I don't want anything to ever feel old or stale. I want it to feel like there's new thought happening, even though there are no new ideas, but that's generally the process. It's, it's, and then sometimes when I'm like, oh, maybe I do want to write an erasure and then I'll go from there. Or maybe I want to play with an hi a haiku. Like sometimes it depends on the mood. Um, and then sometimes if I'm reading something too, right? I'll, I'll keep reading something. And then like prime example, I've, I've been recently, I've been reading um, uh, the, the biography of Richard Pryor um, that was written by Scott Saul. Really great, really great read. I mean, his story and his process is really inspiring. So sometimes that might inspire me to kind of put pen to paper and explore something like a thought, an energy, and then kind of put that down. You know, Are you, do you find that you're more because of kind of that stream of conscious flow? Because I notice you have a lot of, and I, I like that you said you got that focus on alliteration because like, diction is really, really important to you in, yeah. in, yeah. in you know, how you're spacing words and, and just using those, you know, the, using that syllable to make it, to make it stronger. Do you yeah. find that because of that, you're more of a, like a first draft writer or uh, do you have, what's your, what's your revision process then? That's a really great question, Chris. And again, thank you for spending time with the word. Both of you, I appreciate it. Um, um, you know, it depends. It depends on the piece. I've been actually becoming more of a revision writer. And it's something, it's, it's interesting to ask that question because I haven't read the article yet. I, I bookmarked it, but I forget what news, um, um, music magazine. They were talking about Kanye West and how he's he's kind of creating i don't know if he's creating it i wouldn't say that that's not fair but because of his prominence it's it's kind of bringing more to light how artists are playing with final final editions of their album uh, like he's still revising his last he's still revising donda as we yeah like, you know which is really interesting and i've kind of started so now even like i'll perform a piece and then i'll, I'll come back home and go oh, you know what this section didn't land how i wanted it to land you know, because it feels different when I'm performing in front of people. Right. And granted, every audience is going to be different, but I can like, there's a piece I have that I performed. Um, uh, at, uh, I was at the Bronx Library Center and um, uh, I was performing with the jazz band and I have this piece called Poetry Will Save the World. Um, and it's really lengthy. It's like really long. And performing it the other day, I was like, oh, this feels a little long. I'm like, there's a section here that I know what I'm trying to say, but I know if, I don't know if I'm saying it the way that I want to say it, that the audience is going to get it. Reading it is different than them hearing it. And so Absolutely. I might, I'm probably going to play with it. Or I might just take it out. I'm not sure, but I've been revising a lot more now. Like I'll just kind of go, like, and it won't be on that day. I might just, right. I'll put these down, like it, and then see how I feel about it three days after. You know, and then maybe I might I might change a line, I might change a word, might add a word. Um, it's I I I saw Nas speak at um 92Y years ago, and I remember him saying something that it it, it it was like oh my god Nas and I write the same way, but how Nas writes is he doesn't write in sixteens. He'll just write a whole his verse could be thirty two bars or forty eight or whatever, right. and then he'll go down. He won't be counting the bars. He'll go down and say oh, okay. The 16 ends right here. 
And then he'll go and adjust whatever he needs to adjust in order to accommodate that space. And that's kind of similar to how I approach some of my pieces. It's like, okay, this, and I'm not writing for it in rap structure. Sometimes I am. Right. Um, then like I've been recently been playing with not just revising, but inside of the revision, how can I make this more rhythmical? Like not just playing with sounds, but also bringing more of that rap cadence in. So it's essentially a rap poem, even though I think rap is poetry, but really trying to merge mm-hmm. the world as much together as possible. Yeah. Like in a way, Saul Williams used to do it. But I mean, to be fair, I never really thought Saul Williams was a good rapper. Because um, like, I think like, yo, because there's a difference between rappers who become poets and poets who rap. Because I know a poet who, I know when I hear a poet who wants to rap because they don't ride a beat well, or like there's just things that they don't know how to do because they've been so full. It's a regimented approach to not having instrumentation behind you. Yeah, um, so, there's also rhythm. such, yeah, there's such a uh, performance poetry has a style, has, you know, four or five cadences that work really, really well. Yeah, and they don't yeah. always fit that beat that you're trying to, that you're yeah. trying to you know, fit it into. And this is why I don't, I'm not, I'm not the, and so I can't, and not, listen, I can't. It's it, like watching a gymnast dance. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's like, I don't, you know, there's like a lot of extra flair sometimes that's not needed, where it's, and it's something I, I if I'm being honest, I think I learned from Jay-Z where, it got to the point where Jay-Z started spacing, like you brought this up, Chris, the reason Jay-Z started spacing out his bars, because he felt like he was fitting so much into the construct of a bar. Like he was saying, I mean, granted, some will argue he was a better lyricist then. I mean, and I could too, but his he, he allowed spacing for his words so that the words he was actually saying, he wanted them to matter more. And so he wanted to give breath in between. And so... What I've tried, like what I play with a lot now, even in performance pieces, is like speeding up and then slowing down, like in between parts to truly see what lands and what and what doesn't land as much as I want it to, you know? Nice. I like that. It's yeah. a, it's so important. Yeah. Play, the playing with, it's it's fun to see, like the world of form is great. The world of free verse is great. But that idea of trying to fit, um, trying to compartmentalize certain forms where they fit instead of focusing on a form for a solid piece yeah yeah you know like i um what i've been like when you talk about revision it makes me think about all the other things and elements i've been playing with so like mahogany brown and i had a we had like a facebook live session and it wasn't like a challenge that she gave me but she had mentioned like her working with writing longer pieces. Mm-hmm. Like she's working, when we were talking, she was working on like a 20 minute poem. And I was like, what, what is that? What does that look like? And so that's really daring to me. And it's also how long, so I wrote a piece that I performed at McNally Jackson um, a few weeks ago. And it was like about eight, eight, eight to 10 minutes long. And that's a lengthy time to just have someone telling you words. Yeah, It's not like a speech or anything like that. And it, I think it worked. But a lot of it was me having to play with cadence, having to play with rhythm and like really that tug and pull that happens with the audience. And that's what I love. Like if every no one piece should feel or sound the same. And if it does, that means we're not paying attention. Right. Like the audience is going to be responding to certain things. And so I think it's my job as the artist to go, okay, this is where the energy is here. So let's play with that as opposed to like, I've been performing it this way every single time. And so these are where the beats lay. And it's like, yep. it's going to be different if, if we're, I think if we're tapped in, hopefully, you know. 
So have you ever had those moments as a performer where maybe you haven't been as tapped in? Those kind of, it takes us to our next question, those pitfalls yeah. as a performer where you have kind of missed the mark maybe and yeah. not been as tapped into your audience. And how have you kind of dealt with that as a performer? Oh, it's happened more often than I would like, honestly. And I, I think it's probably happened more, more in the rap, more in the rap world more so than any place else like um because the rap crowd is really hard yeah like they're really difficult um and not to say that the poetry crowd isn't but the poetry crowd is going to be less less abrasive when, when they respond to that like a I, like a rap crowd wait a just, second you've been on poetry twitter lately <laughs> <laughs> they might just avoid it honest I, in a different way maybe yeah you know, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Honest in a different way. Honest in a different way. And I think in person, yeah. in person, it's like rap, rap crowd, people will walk away while you're performing. Like they'll start be talking mad loud during the performance. It's because there's certain rules that like rap fans just don't abide to in live, live performances. But um, I've definitely had those moments where it's like, ah, oh, this didn't land or I was tired. You know, I was going through something and either if I'm going through something, either that gets channeled in the performance in a really positive way or a, a really negative way and I'm distracted. Where I'm just kind of trying to get through the piece. I mean, if I'm being honest, the performance at the Bronx Library Center this past Saturday, one of my pieces, the Poetry Will Save the World piece that I've written, I could tell with the band, it got to a point where I was like, uh, this feels way too long. And it's like an out of body experience I was having where I think the poem did its job, but it didn't feel like I performed it to the best of its capabilities. And I've performed it way better before. Um, but I think it was hearing the band for the first time with the like with the music, it just kind of threw me off. And so, you know, you you take an L, I think for what it is, right? Like you you deal with it, you, I, I try to embrace it. Mm -hmm. And just, it gets to a certain point in time where it's hard to, it's hard to shift gears. Like you're kind of like, okay, this is, we're on this ride. This is where the piece is going right now. I'm not really a fan of it, but you know, <laughs> I'm not bombing. I know I'm not bombing, but it's as good as it's going to be for the moment. And generally the audience isn't privy to it, but I am. Yeah, so, absolutely. Right. Having to kind of reconcile that too. Like they don't know half the time that like, maybe you missed, you missed the whole section of a phrase or whatever. So the more we can kind of recognize that, like they're entertained, they're still appreciating the piece. Um, and then, you know, we can go home and fix it and, 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 and go through and go through what we need to fix later, you know? Absolutely. So that sort of heads us toward, toward kind of the end here. Um, well, if I can pause you oh, for a please. second, cause you just, I don't, that self-validation hmm. in that moment, because um, I think that's so hard for so many of us and especially mm -hmm. yeah. in the middle of that performance to recognize that you're doing something that is so great and your audience is entertained. You have um, done what you set out to do, even though you may not feel it as yeah. much as you could, you didn't fail. There wasn't a loss. Yeah. Your audience was happy and yeah. you can take that and um, be critical of yourself, but your audience walked out of there so grateful for that performance that you offered that night and i do have to say that idea of of bringing back like old school jazz poetry with yeah jazz band behind like that's that's something that it's it's interesting it's something you don't think about when you think about performance poetry anymore 
Yeah, it's it's a, a Cyrus, um, a, a homie of mine here in Brooklyn. He 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 actually hosts. A, I forget I forget what the event is called, but he he has like a band that he goes around with and like mm. he does his shit with a band, and I love it. Nice, um, because it's like I had a a friend of mine who who's a manager, and she was like, I didn't even know people did spoken word anymore. Like it's uh-huh. it, it, it it's it's such a it's because I think the way that we engage with content, if we want to call it, is so different now where, you know, if it's not, if it's not button poetry, right, generally, we're not really getting to see or witness it. Um, unless, you're in, unless you're in like a New York or Chicago, um, a Minneapolis, like really thriving art scenes where we're at, like the culture of it is still very much intact. Philadelphia, uh, which is where I really kind of really uh, honed how I was showing up, um, Philadelphia and, and, and the New Yorican, um, and not even performing, they're just going. It was like a lot of me just watching, um, watch, like watching Carlos Gomez. I bring him up a lot. Like Carlos Gomez has this poem called Words that changed everything for me with regards to like how I approach poetry and how like rhythm and cadence and like how I could even potentially bring some of my rap energy, you know, and like mom's black ice, like, you know, Deaf Poetry Jam, right? I would love for, like, honestly, that if that could come back to me, that would be, that would make my day. Black Eyes um, is actually one of the one of the reasons that the poetry question is a thing. Oh, is, uh, is Black Ice's performance of Bigger Than Me on Deaf Jam. It, that was, that was one of the, one of the heaviest, most just, uh, just capturing, it just, that, that moment captured an entire, I watched it for the first time in front of a group of students See that creative so cool. writing class, and we the room was just silent. I love that. I love and oh. like and, and thank you for doing that, man. Because yeah, you know, I was having a conversation about this earlier, and 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 Catherine, thank you for bringing bringing that up because I think that brought us here. Like I had a conversation earlier about um, like how how much the history of of the art form gets lost. And granted, there are some exceptional performers, right? But, but I think I think about even when I think about sports, like there's something to be said about knowing the history and background of the art form that you're participating in that just makes it richer, you know. And and it and it creates more room for us to really tap into the other stories, um, you know, that, that that have yet to be told or have already been told, and we get to tell it in a different way. So like you, Chris, doing that for your students is such a blessing because that it allows them to see like. Essentially, I mean, granted, you know, all praises do like moms has just passed away. Black Ice is still alive. Mo Brown, you know, Stacey Ann Chin, all these individuals are still here. Um, but that energy that they carry is has been so pivotal. Like when I think of like I I remember Ursula Rucker followed me on Twitter and I had to DM her like, I don't know if you know, like how like how amazing you are, like her on the Roots album, I think changed the course of so much for hip hop. You know, where like now, so like now, comic can have a spoken word piece with his dad at the end of every album, and you know, like it's how do we continue to honor the traditions of the elders in a way that supports the work that we're trying to do now? You know, it's, it's so important, so important. Yeah, so I think there that is the perfect way to lead into what are you excited about as far as who? Well, I guess who are you excited about right now? Uh, who are you listening to? Who are you reading? And yeah. then what uh, what's coming up for you? Yeah, um, I tell people, whoever has an ear, Elizabeth Velasquez is my favorite poet right now. Um, you know, uh, she she her, she, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the on the title of her new book. Um, I'll send you all the info so you have it. But her her new book just dropped um, this um, last month, actually. 
um, phenomenal poet, phenomenal writer. Um, who else, who else, who else? Um, I mean, you know, Mahogany Brown, just because, I mean, she, she, she's joined the team at Lincoln Center and, and already she's doing so, so, so many phenomenal things for the city. The idea, the idea of her with the Philharmonic is, uh, is like, that, yeah, I don't even understand it yet. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, you know, um, I, I think, and, and really what I've been listening to, it, it's, uh, it's just been a lot of just, uh, um, there's a group called um, REFS, R-E-F-S. Um, and uh, it's, uh, I know Rich, Rich is the vocalist and there's like a producer, um, but Rich who, who also used to be a member of this R&B group, Third Story, they're just doing a lot of really cool things with like synth and R&B and sounds. And Rich is a, nice. phenomenal, he's a phenomenal songwriter. So like the music they make feels very contemporary, R&B-ish, but like very alt at the same time. Um, and then like reading, you know, um, the love songs of W.E.B. Du Bois I've been reading, and that's been very a, a very uh, poetic experience for me. Like Honoré, the author, she's a poet, and you hear it and you see it in like the way she's writing, um, you know. Um, and so, I mean, but as for me, what I have coming up, you know, I just uh, I'm, I'm maybe working on like an open mic series here in Brooklyn. I don't know. Um, but I think part of what I really want to do, and it's part of why I'm really appreciative of the space I'm in now, I feel very fortunate. It's like, I want to, you know, I'm going to start hosting people, my, my partner and I, just hosting people in our home and having conversations about writing, you know, like whether it's a piece that people are working on or whether it's something that they felt in, um, impacted them in some way. And us just kind of talking about it. Um, I, I think activism for me is more than just the uh, dismantling of, of, of systemic um, oppression and, and, and things that involve politics and law, but I think also dismantling the things that keep community away from each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so part of what I want to continue to do is be an activist for community, like actual community, like how do we bring people together in both community and communion, right? Like the sharing of words, sharing of food, of love, of energy, and, and really wanting to get back to that. Um, like even what, what, what you two do, are, are doing now, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that we're having this conversation now, and we didn't have this conversation when we were supposed to have it like two months ago. You know, like I was I was you know I was still I was just kind of coming out of my depression, you know, and being in a space now where I get to fully embrace and engage the love um, and support of people. Um, it's been really overwhelming, you know, in in, in the best way possible. Um, so like for me, it's really just kind of trying to focus on writing more. You know, my essay collection once. Once my agent send send it out to um to to editors, I can actually start writing it, um, you know. And I'm I'm hopeful for for what that might do and and where that might go because I think um, myself as a black man, I don't necessarily know if there's anybody who's writing the experiences that I'm writing specifically. Right. Um, and you know, so I'm I'm just it's kind of like a waiting and see, nice. you know, waiting and see, man. Well, perfect. Well, we definitely uh, we definitely look forward to seeing what's coming up next for you. And uh, thank you so thank much you for hanging out with us on TPQ20 today. Uh, no, this is great, y'all. I, I appreciate the time so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of the night. Hi, right, y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs>